Welcome, folks, back to another episode of the Sand Black Sessions. I'm uh, very excited about today's afternoon talk with the great man, Mullet Lord, aka Brownie, aka Daniel Brown, aka Lord's Coffee, the Lord of Hamilton. Here he is, the great man. Yeah, don't you forget that. <laughs> Good to see you, bruv. We're here. We're yeah, here. He came and he got his beans. Yeah. He came and he got his Lord's coffee. He said, how about you, let's sit down and have a yarn. And I said, oh, well, you're in luck because I'm closing the cafe. We close at one every day. I've got an hour for you. I might even spare you two because you're a sick cunt. <laughs> now let's chat. Yes, here we are. Mate, it's been, it's been, in, uh, it's been in the works for a while, but mm. we're, we're, we're finally here on, um, on a lovely Tuesday afternoon. It's heating up as well. Fuck. Like, our aircon doesn't go down anymore. <laughs> and it's not even the fact that it's hot outside. It's just because when we're put together, like, extreme friction, like, has created yeah. maximum heat. Well, maybe um, black and brown can combine and create a new colour. Yeah, like, global warming, like, can fucking get out of town. Because we're here, and um, we're hotter than hell. <laughs> Hell, we're hotter than hell itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's you, and, right. You, and, you and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, um, so, I mean, to kick us off, I always like to maybe start off the conversation where it all be, uh, began. So if I was, say, your best friend or hanging out in school, what sort of what sort of kid were you? My, I was like, yeah, kind of the weird kid at school. Like, definitely the class clown. Um... Yeah, doing all sorts of twisted shit for attention. Um, but basically, that just carried on from my childhood because, like, to get attention, like, from the old man, like, I, I just did weird shit because I didn't know how to ask for attention. Gotcha. So I just carried on through to school. Probably if they took me to a psych they probably would have diagnosed me with ADHD, AD, AB to Z. <laughs> but luckily they didn't take me there. They tried to ship me off to the army, but I, was, I found out I was colorblind, so that was stuck with me for a few more years. There you go. But yeah, primary school, it's all a bit of a blur to be honest. Like, went through primary school, it was pretty loose. Um, hit the high school, felt like the big kid in year six, and then I got, I was, I got thrown into high school and I was the little fish in a, in a big pond again. I remember like first day of high school saying something to, like, like I didn't know, I was a smart ass to this, like, this chick who was in year 12, and like she proper staunched me and shit and just put me in my place. Yeah, and then like, hmm. Yeah, high school to me was, um, I, I, I kind of feel like school was a waste of time. They were trying to teach me history, um, maths, like I suck at maths, English, I didn't mind it, drama was my thing, um, but I kind of just couldn't wait to surf in the morning. And I was just looking at the clock because I couldn't wait to surf in the afternoon. So basically, like, got to school late, 
mucked up at school. Fuck yeah, it's 2.30. Let's go surfing. Yeah. Like, I was just obsessed by the ocean. But, like, because on land, like, I grew up, it was a bit like of a fucking chaotic, confusing household. Yeah. Like, domestic domestics would happen. Um, it was really, like, pretty negative. Like, um, Dad left when I was 11, so it was negative and, like, crazy, like, when he was there. But then when he left, it was, like, depressing, too, because, like, we had no money. The, the pressures of, like, of bills and whatnot. And I was on land, just going... Like, stuck in such a low vibration. And I was just like, fucking... Land sucks. <laughs> Get out in the like, ocean. Take me back into the water where I can joyously ride down the water slides. Yeah. They're waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where nothing else matters. So, like, I'd leave land and I'd just be in the water and I'd just stay out there for, for hours, you know? And, like, subconsciously, like, I wanted to pursue surfing but at the same time like I had this like negative voice going like no you're not worthy like you're down here and everyone else is up here yeah so found alcohol though when I was like 16 and it was like you know I looked up to the older kids and they were drinking I always wanted to look up to, like, I never had, like, someone to look up to. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I guess now I look back to it, like, I looked up to the wrong wrong, wrong people. Um, they, they slung a beer my way. Yeah, totally. Oh. <laughs> and the goon bag. Gooning. I remember. Yeah. And, like, I just <clears throat> remember, like, smashing that. And like just all the world's pressures and everything like just was washed away and like I love music too love feeling connected to people and like conversing with people not feeling awkward and all that and like that's what alcohol gave me and I was just like looking at this stuff going off like what's this yeah 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 so basically like Throughout, from like 16 through to 24, like alcoholism like progressed um, quite heavily. Um, and the, the drugs, um, you know, I never shot up, but like, like I'd smash the eckies hard, um, smoking a lot of weed, like sm smashing the cones, like couldn't throw my bong out, no way even if someone paid me. And like, I'd quit drinking and just hit the cones instead. And someone was like, you're a, you're a fucking downer on the weed. Like, you've got to move to the uppers. So like, I moved to the goey. Um, you know, like, if, if it was going round, like, I wouldn't be shy of like, smoking the meth as well. And like, because I just had such a low self-esteem, like, from like that, just, I guess, dad leaving and all that negative talk in my head um, that, like, I just didn't care about, like, myself. Yeah. So 
I was basically trying to kill myself, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I had a divine intervention at 20, 24, where like I was one night, like I was on a bender, and then I took um, what I thought was just a, a pinger, but we racked up like a synthetic drug like called bath salts um, and like it just rocked me so hard that like they called the ambulance I don't even know yeah like I was proper hallucinating having a sick time feeling so euphoric like like the most euphoric I've ever felt and I was just like thought I was fucking sweating bullets and vomiting out rainbows and then I just stood under the, the top of um, my Daihatsu charade and started caving it in so the cops were there within a second which is a miracle and then um, they tackled me off the roof of the car and um, called the ambulance because I was like just foaming from the mouth and got a good way all that <laughs> yeah and then um so they got called and um, they sedated me because yeah. I was going crazy. <laughs> and yeah, in that... Like the pen in the yard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> put me to sleep. And in that sedation, like, I, tra I travelled to, like, I guess that was, like, my... This is the, the, the near-death near death experience. Like, I um, was in the hospital handcuffed to the bed and I had an out-of-body experience where like I was sedated for 14 hours but within that 14 hours like I went to heaven I just call it heaven learned a lot about myself and experienced the the forces and strengths that are beyond our physical being had to prove to myself that I wanted to come back to my body. Proved myself. Then fell into hell, which felt like a, an eternity. I was just walking around in a, like a fiery desert. And um, till my ego was completely dropped. And then 14 hours later, I was, um, I woke up to the, those fluorescent lights just going what the fuck parent like my brother took one look at me and just started bawling his eyes out but um, yeah my, my, this is my alcoholism for you like experienced some like PTSD like from that experience and um, self-medicated the trauma with alcohol so like manipulated the nurses to leave, let me go so I could go straight to the bottle shop and I was I was drinking hardcore for another two weeks and smoking a lot of weed and if I could have got my hands on some drugs I'd be smashing those too but thank fuck I couldn't find any but then hit the um, DTs so like where if you stop drinking like you seizure yeah yeah, yeah. so the near-death experiences didn't stop me from drinking. It was, it was when I uh, lost my mind 
and I thought like I was going to end up in a mental institution forever and like that, that feeling of loneliness that I experienced and sorrow, like deep sorrow, like that was, that was the last straw for me. So, um, come 24 experiencing that, um, was breathing in a paper bag to like keep my heart rate down because I felt like I was going to have a heart attack as well and just drinking for that two weeks to get into rehab to not have seizures and got into rehab and ever since like I've been I've abstained from alcohol um, and like I dead set thought my life was going to be over at 24 like in rehab I was like fully cooked going You've fucking done it. Look at you've gone and done it now, Brownie. Like, say goodbye to everything. <laughs> you've gone too far, too yeah. hard. So, like, little did I know, like that's that was the start of my rebirth. Yeah. So, like, with with that um, being exposed to the other side, like I experienced, like, it's hard to explain, but like, with these um, spirit guides, like just the most like divine loving force and like I'm into spirituality now because like there was no on the other side I wasn't greeted by like every religion going oh you're not you weren't you didn't belong to any of these denominations so you're not coming into heaven like I was I wasn't judged I was like just divinely scraped up and taught and looked after because and that's kind of like what I bring onto this earth now is like um, to be that to harness that like divine love because um, in the end like um, with spirituality there's there's no there's no division or segregation there's no judgment like spirituality is like all inclusive and um, it encourages unity so there's no when I'm like in touch with my spirit like I'm no less I'm not less than I'm not better than I'm just we're all equal definitely and that's what suit like I fucking just froth on it and I owe like my spirituality like to my success today so like in certain podcasts like like I've I've, I've mentioned gone into depths with the, the the near-death experience and that's that's great but like I've I've learned so much within this nine years of sobriety that's like this practical learning that I've um, undertaken um, that I believe can help a lot of people. Absolutely. Because like I had to find <clears throat> this all out on my own. Yeah, yeah. There was like I didn't have like a guru teaching me. I didn't read like any like any you know any books. Yeah. Like this has all come from like practical learning of hardship, making mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Getting yeah. through them yeah. to the point where like. 
I basically have come to terms with the fact that my selfishness and self-centeredness can get me into a lot of trouble. So like I basically, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't feel like a drink. Like if it wasn't for my selfish, self-centered nature, I wouldn't be reaching at externals for me to, to, to have that instant gratification of that mm. feel good. Yeah. I'd, like, so I've had to learn um, like basically like to get over myself and like I can I, I lovingly like kick myself in the ass today because when I'm suffering which like I'm a, um, I'm not prey but I do suffer from from depression and it's like people know when I'm depressed because I'm quiet um um mainly my wife but it's more so that like I'm just like I'm so like over myself that it's like yeah I'm depressed but who gives a shit <laughs> like we're like little ecosystems like we're made up of elements in the earth we don't know why it storms one day it's just fucking stormy yeah and then the sun will come out we know that, like, that's as far as my faith goes. Like, when it's, when it's raining on earth, oh, the sun will come out soon. When I'm depressed, it's stormy, but the sun will come out soon. Hey, that's a great, that's a great way to put it, I think. Absolutely. Just hold on and yeah. ride, ride through this storm, you'll be sweet, yeah. mate. <laughs> so, so, mate, nine years sober, and yeah. I think that... Uh, being young, especially in Australia, it's uh, it's popular, right, to go out and party and be yeah. loose and be the larrikin and get on the gear and have a good time. And I think um, you know, you've obviously gone through some some tough times. What's uh, where do you sort of see now that you're sober? You've obviously created a new life. I think it sounds like you're obviously trying to create a, a reality that wasn't for you when you were sober. So that's why you got on the on the drink. And I guess for me, when I, when I ever, I've stopped drinking as well. So I'm, made, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a year sobriety this year. Yeah. Two years ago, I did a year sobriety. I mean, like I'm, I'm a bit of a piss wreck, a piss wreck on the, yeah. bad drunk, you know? Yeah. yeah. Fuck weird. Fuck yeah. Be loud, fucking muck up, all that kind of stuff. But it's, I think it's, a, it's an escape from the reality that we're actually facing, right? Yeah. And um, when you're sober and you can create that new reality, which, you know, you have, especially with your young family mm. and, mate, Lord's Coffee, best, best coffee in town, um, it's, I think, personally, something like that is, is something to really, like, look up to and, and mm. be proud of. Yeah, like, I, I've um, been brought up in a 12-step fellowship as well. So, like... To be honest, like, like this nine years, like, I felt like when I first came... Congratulations, by the way. Nine years, years yeah, mate. Bro. Yeah. Absolutely. It's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Like, but I still feel like a chick, little, like, chick cracking out of an egg, though. Yeah. Like, I guess when I first became sober, like, I was, to, I was told lies. I told myself lies about the world. Like, I was subjected to like low frequency vibes and it's kind of hit me like an epiphany it's like was I drinking like just like t 
to have a spiritual experience. Like, because I was one to look at the bright side of life and I was like, I've always been spiritual. It's like drinking was a spiritual experience for me. But now I've, I've found, like, you know, a way to, through my practices, to feel, to not feel awkward around humanity, to not feel less than or better than, you know, because I'd, I'd feel better than when I drank too. It was like this, like, crazy fucking Richter scale. Yeah, yeah. And you never knew what you were going to get. But, like, um, now that I look back on my my life, like, for instance, when I was not open to spirituality whatsoever, I was more so resentful at religion, if anything. With my rock bottom when I look back in the hindsight I was like I, I think wow I was in a lot of trouble and the cops just rocked up when does that happen <laughs> that whisked me into an ambulance and handcuffed me to a bed when like I was in a really dangerous state yeah and then in professional help with professionals and then my mum's brother's best friend was the head psychologist at the rehab so she calls um, him and fast tracked me through rehab which is usually a long wait to get in and I was like just divinely like cradled into safety yeah, yeah. when I wasn't even prone to or open to um, the fact that there is a divine force looking out for every single one of us and that I was the one getting in that divine way um, due to making poor decisions and my lack of faith. So I've basically, throughout this nine years, my faith has strengthened due to having experiences in this life where things don't go my way. And early days I was like, you know, because I'd try and suit the, like, plan the day to suit myself. I'd have dreams and goals. Um, and if it didn't work out the way that um, I had planned, then I'd fall into, like, a self-pity trap because um, I didn't get my way. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, the, the, the months and the years would go by and then I'd look back and go, far out. That's why that didn't work out. And that's why this didn't work out. Because if that happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Why didn't... Bro, you should have just kept your cool. Everything was looked, like, everything was looked after. Yeah, yeah. By that divine force. Um, so, me, um, having those experiences has now taught me, when things don't go my way, to keep my cool and to have an attitude of, hey, there's probably something better around the corner for you, Brownie, judging on um, hindsight and yeah. previous experiences. So, you know, th thank you, God. I'll just trust that there is, <laughs> and there always has been. Well, I guess, a, I guess a mistake is only a mistake if you do it twice or keep doing it, right? Yeah. If, you, if it happens once and, and you learn from it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because we're only the, human. Exactly. 
and you're always going to go through that kind of stuff, right? Like, I can know. And it's easier to yeah. react than to sit back and evaluate. Yeah, and See? that dead set, that comes into forgiveness because, like you said, I make mistakes. I'm only human and so do other people. So for me, it's like, am I going to let other people's downfall um, ruin the peace that I've worked so hard for? And that's where forgive, forgiveness uh, for, for someone wronging you or, and forgiveness um, for oneself when I do make a mistake is so important. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that love, that frequency of love like that I love to harness throughout my life. Um, a good example of that love, and I know you'll um, agree, is when you know when you have your first child, and you just like look at it, <laughs> and like I swear, like a terrorist attack could could happen, like the building next door could blow up, and you're just like so full of this love that like no matter what happens externally to you you're just trapped in that you're like nothing's going to ruin this moment I'm just fucking loved up to the shit house. <laughs> you know yeah yeah definitely and like so in the end with my the videos on online that I do and the haircut is like it's to make people laugh, to make people smile, carefree nature that we all have and stop taking everything so seriously and just just be joyous and free like a, like a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The authenticity, authentic. Yeah. That's the I word. Know. It's just have a laugh. Yeah. Don't take anything so seriously. Because how would you, how do I, how would I want to go out? Would I want to go out laughing or would I want to go out crying absolutely and mate I think that's followed on to I guess your business Lord's uh, Coffee uh, here in Hamilton it's uh, quite the following it's quite um, renowned and, and a famous spot I'd say best coffee yeah. in, in town of, uh, I love coming here and mate I think everyone actually enjoys coming out hanging out with you hanging out with the crew yeah. enjoying the food enjoying the atmosphere um, so you've actually created something really special here, mate. It's, uh, it's good to see. Yeah, bro. And is that, um, that's obviously who you are. You're a very, uh, um, what's the word? Hospitable. Yes, hospitable, that's the word. <laughs> that's the word. But uh, people, want, people want to get to know you, right? Like mm. you're an interesting character. You li you've lived an interesting life. Mate, what's been, I guess, how have you implemented what you've learned in your part in, in you know in the last sort of nine years being sober or even pre-sober as well into into business because business yeah, is a tough game right it's, uh, mm. especially um, it's high traffic like this yeah it's like people like just could look from the outside and be like you know oh wow he's successful or whatever but it's like for me like my I owe my success to you know hard work's definitely one of them yeah um, but and also like experiencing you know like honoring myself as well like um, being in a job that um, 
wasn't uh, adding to my, my happiness and um, experiencing that fear, going, okay, I'm financially stable at this job, but I'm not happy. Yeah. So, but then the fear comes in of like financial insecurity and uh, like, oh, what if I do spend money on my idea and it doesn't work out? So like, you know, give myself credit for um, experiencing that fear and moving through it because um, fears are another thing that really, um, I guess, stunts growth but also stops people from from achieving their true vocation um, on this earth and like so moving through the fear is, is one thing like understanding like of financial insecurity like and these thoughts it's actually all false information so knowing that like fears just aren't apparent yeah and you know um, borrowing the money to start lords and just backing, backing yourself too. So like, I learnt from like good people the right way to make coffee. Yeah. I was in the service industry for five years in Sydney as well at the Park Hyatt Hotel. And I was like, well, I've got that much training in the service industry and I've been trained by top dogs in the coffee world you don't have anything to worry about <laughs> yeah. let's go for it yeah, yeah so taking the leap um, and as soon as like I didn't really just open the doors got an article in the Hunter Hunter um, and the Herald as well and just created a bit of hype I didn't even really realise I was I was doing it. I thought that's the logical thing to do, but yeah, yeah. a lot of people that start businesses don't even think like that. Yeah. Um, and first day, like, um, made like maybe like 150 coffees, pumped them out. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it all just started snowballing from there. It's like almost like you book them they will come yeah open the doors like like the produce has to be good yeah but I sort of like I'm just me like yeah I get called an inter- interesting fellow or, or or whatever but it's like personality too is like something that like I used to you know, I'll I'll just say that I was naive to the to the world, and maybe I've just overcooked it. I'm just a loose cunt, and they call it and they call it a personality. And but the long, further I go through life and through business, I'm like, oh, actually, there's not. Give yourself credit for that too, Brownie. Yeah, like you've got a personality. So along with having a personality and my perfectionism um, it wasn't much of a risk at all but I'm so hospitable when I go home when I invite people over like I my wife does too like we always cook too much food because gee like fuck man I went over to my mum's friend's house when I was a kid it it scarred me (laughs) 
like we had spaghetti and <laughs> there wasn't spaghetti. enough. And I remember just feeling that uncomfortable because I didn't want to ask for more because like, you know, there was slim pickings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just look back on my life like that and I'm just like, there was no abundance. There was like, love was, was minimal. I just didn't agree with any of it. And that goes for food too. Like, I see that as an expression of, of love. Like, like crowding someone's plate with food when they come over so they don't have to ask for any more. They, they, you know, like I, I'm a, I've been called a feeder. <laughs> like, do you want this? Do you want that? Like, I've, I make people feel comfortable. So that's also um, serves me well. It, it's in my blood. Like, yeah. But that serves me in the store. Definitely. But that's where it comes down to service too. Like, I wouldn't be successful if I was thinking about myself. Like, for me, like, even with a successful business, I have, like, um, I'm, I'm well and truly not making enough money to make an impact. Um, you know, I don't want to go save the world, but there's certain things that I, I see um, in the world that like I could make a small change that could um, impact someone's life in a positive way. Yeah. And I'm not in um, a position to do that yet. So like in meditation, um, because we've started our online store and we're paying a lot for marketing at the moment, but like we back ourselves though. So people say, oh, you're paying so much for marketing. I was like, well, who else would I want to back? <laughs> like, the, my wife and I have no vices whatsoever. We're not, we're not taking two steps forward and one step back. We're, we're charging forward. We're, we're trustworthy. We're loving. Like, mate, the, the proof's in the pudding. Like, the things that I want to do with, with, with the profits. Yeah. Like, I put that out to the universe as well. So, like, I, I pray um, on and meditate um, around business growth and um, I manifest where um, I want the business to be. Um, and it's all, like, a, a really um, clear, clear vision. So we've just actually ticked over from a coffee shop to a roastery. So we're ro going to start roasting coffee for, for other cafes. Yeah, beautiful. So that's, like, a pretty big... Um, milestone for the for the company yeah. and we also um, want to we are supplying to a couple of offices but we're whole, we want to expand our wholesale coffee um, to offices and provide them with a machine yeah okay um, so um, we you know that will in turn create the currency um, to uh, for me to do what I want to do and eventually they'll be able to have like an AI brownie robot that just comes yeah. in and makes coffee for them. Yeah, bro. Well, like <laughs> I've got like such a good uh, team, but they wouldn't be here if I was a selfish bastard. Yeah. Like it sounds cliche, but like I just treat people how I wish to be treated. Like, fuck, I wish I could walk into a store and get served like the way we serve people and looked after like the way we look after our customers like but I can't because it doesn't happen anywhere else 
It's for like our service is like like this has been far out ten years in the making, like evolutionary service to the point where we memorize everyone's coffees and we we don't stop and we, we give someone delicious coffee as soon as they pay because we want to make their day. Yeah, yeah. You know? And in turn, like we get busy. Yeah. So like I'm not um, like this is two ways of thinking about like for me if I'm not practicing my, my spirituality and handing over and um, putting myself into like that service state of mind like it happens a lot like my like you, you see it like it's like I could be ego driven and go oh how much open those doors how much money can I make today um, oh it's getting quiet I better send home um, someone early you know, so I could put more money in my pocket, flick through, ooh, ooh, that car looks nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or I could open those doors and go, you know, how can I best serve my fellow man yeah. today? And I can vouch for that as well. Every time I come here, best coffee, every time. Yeah. The order's always remembered and quick. You come in mm. and you're out the door, you're like, oh, fuck, I've got a coffee <laughs> And then there's other, and I'm not gonna, there's other cafes that, uh, that I, you go to and it's like a hassle that you're there and, and, um, and getting an order and, you know, being served by them, you know, I, fuck yeah. I, I didn't feel very, uh, very welcome yeah. here. Whereas I think that's why this is so popular, right? And you've got, uh, everyone comes here, you've got different, all different shapes and sizes, personalities, you know, business people to sort of, yeah, sort of high schoolers, like anyone and everyone comes here. To, I yeah. really like the uh, the scene that's that's created. Yeah, like even when I rock up here early, and someone's like, someone rocks up before we're open, I'll make him a coffee. Yeah. When we're when we're closing, like I'll do my best. The cup coffee machines shut. Oh, like I've got a cold brew for you. Let's get you elevated. Like come on. <laughs> like there's no like. Oh, sorry, we're not clo we're not we're closed. Like this is how we pay the bills. That's right.